joyful we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melts the clouds of sin and sadness. Thank you for joining us for this program from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the Ninth Avenue. It has uh, been a, a challenging week for, for many people uh, in, our, in our church family. And not just a challenging week. As, as we look back over the past year, I think that um, we look back and we see uh, different challenges and situations that our church family has faced. Uh, and we know a lot of people are still... Uh, in moments of, of those challenges, there are people that, uh, of course, as always, that we know of their challenges and, and we're aware of, of a lot of them because they, are, they tend to be more uh, conversational and maybe public about those challenges. And then there's those that uh, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know about. I thought I just broke that. Um, that. A lot of people don't know about that some of you are aware of and some of you aren't. And uh, just because they're maybe a little more private with those challenges and with those struggles does not make their struggles and challenges maybe uh, any less. I actually, it, I mean, it doesn't make their struggles any less. But, uh, of course, um, over the past couple of days, uh, we, we've spent uh, quite a bit of time in, in Birmingham with the Dodd family, um, and, and not just with them, but with, uh, like I said, over the last several months and over the last years, spent time with a lot of different people who have faced struggles. And when, when I'm in this, this kind of time of, of, of being with people or even struggles of my own, I like to reflect on Jesus. Uh, it, it seems like that's always the proper answer, right? No matter what you're going through, no matter what struggles you face, no matter what challenges are in your life, reflecting on Jesus is, is the thing that we should always go to. We should always look to and go to Jesus for that grounding, for that, that place of, of renewal, that place of refreshing, that place of, of courage, that place of strength, that, that well of Jesus and, and of God and of the Holy Spirit is just full of so much for us in our life. And I feel like maybe we always don't do the best job of going to him in those moments, or maybe we go to him in those moments um, only, and really when we should be going to him, even in the greatest and the blessed moments as well. Uh, but this morning, I just the, uh, over the last couple of days, there has been a story from the life of Jesus that uh, has continued to replay in my mind uh, and, and thoughts of my heart. And I just wanted to share some of those things with you this morning, some, some things that I have found from Jesus over the last few days that I hope maybe in some way, uh, if you are in that place of, as we kind of titled this morning, helpless and hopeless, uh, that maybe you find some strength and comfort in the fact that Jesus is near. Let's, let's go to our, our passage here. So we start in chapter 5, verse 1. It says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep goat, a, uh, in Aramaic, a, um, the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethsidia, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, one man, who had been there, uh, who had been an invalid for 30 years, when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there a long time, and he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool 
when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going another step, and while I'm going another steps down before me, Jesus said, Get up, take your bed, and walk. At once the man was healed, and he took his bed and walked. That's a great story, isn't it? That's a great story. It's just, it's just, I mean, the, the scriptures are full of just great moments of Jesus just doing exactly what Jesus needed to do. We, we, we've talked about this in our Sunday and Wednesday class quite a bit here over the last few weeks because we're studying through the book of Luke together. And the question has been raised a couple of times about how Jesus deals with certain situations and does he deal with some situations maybe too softly and maybe some situations too harshly. And, and, and I love the, the perspective that Riley gave one day. He said, Jesus deals with it, each situation in the perfect way it needed to be dealt. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it may look to us that maybe Jesus was a little too harsh in this situation or, or he could have been harsher here or maybe he should have been a little, a, a little more easy on this situation. But it's just true. Jesus knew exactly how to deal with every moment the absolute most perfect way, right? The absolute most perfect way. And that doesn't change with us. That no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what challenge we're facing, no matter what struggle is in front of us, you can rest assured that Jesus is in the middle of that struggle. He's in the middle of that challenge with you. And if you allow him, that's the key word there, if you allow him to respond the way he wants to respond, the way that he can respond, it will be the perfect response to that moment. It won't be more. It won't be less. It'll be exactly what you need from him. So we see that in this particular story. Now, I want us to look at it maybe in two perspectives this morning. I want us to look at it from maybe an internal perspective, maybe from, from putting ourselves in, in a personal situation here, and what do we see in this man in particular. And then let's look at it maybe in the Jesus perspective and how Jesus handles um, the first thing that I, that I want you to think about as we think about this particular passage is that everyone in this group is carrying some type of struggle. Now, you may think that I'm talking about our church family, and I am, but in particular, we start with this, with this story. Jesus is in Jerusalem, and, and this is, will come into play in, ju in just a minute, but why is Jesus in Jerusalem? Jesus is in Jerusalem for one of the festivals. The Jewish people um, had a lot of festivals. We have a lot of festivals. We have a lot of holidays, a lot of things that we celebrate. And those celebrations were so important. Jesus or God, when, when he gave uh, the old law, he worked in these moments of celebration. And, and I think it's so important for us in our life to take time, to take moments and celebrate that which has happened. I mean, you know me, I'm all about looking forward and let's keep moving and let's keep going. But Jesus uh, and God and the Holy Spirit throughout their, uh, throughout their uh, infinite wisdom, uh, especially for the people of Israel, gave them, a time, gave them times and moments to just stop and just praise and be thankful and be grateful and to celebrate. And that's what Jesus is in town for. Jesus is in town for a celebration. He's in town to, to, to think of all the positive things, to think of all the wonderful things, to just have a good time and to have some fun. But what does he stop and do? As he's going about his day and he's, he's there for this one particular reason, he, he kind of makes a detour and he walks into this space that's full of people with nothing but struggles. He's full of people, if a, a room, a place full of people with nothing but struggles. 
And the reason that they're there is they think that if I can get in this pool that's out here in front of me, something about this pool is going to heal me. It's going to make me feel better. It's going to take away this pain. It's going to take away this struggle. You know, there's a little bit of comfort knowing that you're not the only one struggling, right? And I wonder if a lot of these people were together, not because they really believed in the power of the healing, but because it was a place where they were accepted, a place where they knew other people were struggling just as much as I am, a place where I didn't have to be ashamed of my struggle. I didn't have to be ashamed of of, of these issues and these challenges that physically I have in my life. I I can just be here. I can just be who I am, uh, and and no one's going to judge me. No one's going to worry about me. As a matter of fact, maybe I get into this situation, and I realize that, hey, my struggle's not so bad. You know, in the scale of struggles, in the scale of all these, you know, challenges that are, that are sitting here around me, I can maybe begin to feel a little bit better about myself because, because man, I'm a lot better off than this guy over here. Man, this guy's been here for 30-something years. I'm not that bad, you know, and so there's this comfort, but I think if we're not careful, even though sometimes when we have that mindset, we can become so comfortable in that that we forget that we need to keep moving forward as well. I think that there's, there's an, underlying, an underlying lesson there that we can't get so comfortable in challenge that we forget that we have to work towards solving, resolving, moving through our challenges. But everyone in the room where Jesus walked in was dealing with some sort of challenge. And I think that's important for us to remember about the dynamic of our church family as well. Okay? That when we walk into this room, we're all struggling with something today, right? We're all struggling with something. There's something we carry into the room. Some of those struggles are smaller. Some of those struggles are larger. But I want you to know this morning that when you walk into this room, you walk into a room full of people, full of people that are just like you. None of us are any better. None of us are any worse. We all have challenges. We all have struggles. And we shouldn't be afraid to bear those with each other and to share those with each other. Paul writes in the book of Colossians, he says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You will fulfill the whole law of Christ. If you do what? Carry each other's burdens. This needs to be a place that we don't come and just feel sorry for each other's burdens, but that we're also willing to pick each other's burdens up and walk with them in those burdens. But know that everyone in this group is carrying a struggle of some kind. The next thing I see, though, here, it's easy to focus on my wants. It's easy to focus on my wants. So Jesus is walking around this room, and, and, and one of the things that we kind of know about Jesus from other interactions, from other stories, is Jesus kind of has this all-knowing ability, right? He, I, I have the impression that Jesus walks into this area, and he knows everybody's situation and everybody's struggle, everybody's story. That, that's my perception of this. Um, I've never heard anybody really feel any different. But he, he finally settles in. Um, my, my Bible says that he's, he's kind of walking around. and he's kind of, he's, uh, You get the impression he's just kind of getting the lay of the land. He, he's trying to figure out everything that's going on. And he finally settles in on this guy that had been in this condition for a long time. And he sits down with him. And what does he say? Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? 
That sounds like a pretty easy question to ask. And in return, it sounds like a pretty easy answer, right? This guy's been sitting here for 38 years. He can't do anything. And and Jesus says, hey, do you want to get well? What's the obvious quick answer? Yes. What does he say? Does he say yes? Does he say, I want to get healed? He goes, no, I just want to get in the water. I've, I've been try- Every time I try to get in the water, somebody gets there, and I'm not able to, to get there. And What is he so focused on? He's so focused on trying to fix his own problem. He's so focused on trying to meet his own need that he doesn't realize that there is a greater need here. There is a greater situation here that needs to be dealt with other than just my want. Other than just my want. It's so easy for us to focus on those surface issues of our challenges and just want them to be fixed and not healed. And these are maybe more in the emotional way type of challenges or relational challenges. We just want things to be fixed. I just want to feel a little bit better. And that's what this guy's focusing on. I just want to feel a little bit better. I just want it to be a little bit easier. But the truth is, in our faith, as we walk with Jesus and we face challenges and we face struggles, healing makes things better, not fixing things, not trying to do things our own way, not trying to solve our own problems, but rather letting Jesus heal us from the inside out. But this guy was so focused on his own need that when he was asked such an important question, do you want to be healed? He doesn't even realize that, yes, I want to be healed. No, just help me fix the surface issue. We can't get hung up on the surface. The next thing that I see here, and I guess maybe this is my, my putting myself in this story and, and, and where would I get to is I wish I knew how to fix this. How many of you, when you face problems and challenges and struggles, when you have situations and you see people hurting, you look at them and you go, I wish I knew how to fix this for them. And I think when we get to that place, when we get to this moment of I wish I knew how to fix this, that's when we begin to feel hopeless and helpless. Because we realize that I can't do it. We realize that no matter how great of an effort I put in, I may not be able to fix this problem, this challenge, this situation. And when I realize that I can't do that, our natural human response, our natural personal kind of reality becomes, I feel helpless. And when I feel helpless, I feel hopeless a lot of times. And I think that all the people in this room that Jesus is walking around in, that's where they are. They're a room full of helpless and hopeless people. They just have no idea what to do. They can't fix it. If I could just get into the water, but I can't even get into the water. You know, this simple, I, I can't fix it. How many of you have felt that way before? You know, someone else felt that way. David felt this way. Psalms chapter 77, David's struggling with his relationship with God a little bit. If, if you read through the Psalms and you just look at the life of David, David is known as the what? The man what? after God's own heart. But man, David was just normal like us. David was, was, was committed, he was devoted, but in his core he was normal just like us, and he had doubts, and he had struggles, and he had fears, and there were times that even the man after God's own heart looked at God and goes, God, I don't really understand what you're doing here. 
What's, why, why, why are you doing this and not that? I want it to be fixed this way, you know, not, not, not that way. And, and I hear some of that coming from Psalms chapter 77. He says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord in the night. My hand is stretched out uh, with wearying. My, my soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. He, he's going through this. I'm thinking about God. I'm focusing on God. I'm calling God. He says, you, you hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit may, uh, made a delight search. Will the Lord spurn me forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut his compassion? So when, when I read the Psalms, I think David's writings a lot of times are just, I think there are a lot of, I think he's just externalizing things. He's taking things from the inside and getting them out. And, and a lot of times you read through some of the Psalms and you can hear one attitude. You can hear frustration and aggravation in the first part of a Psalm. And then there's like a resolution on the back end of the Psalm. And, 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 and it's like, I, I realize how great God is and I find strength in that. But the first part is like, you know, uh, chapter 22, my God, my God, why are you so far from me? Why have you forsaken me? Where is that God Jesus himself grabs and uses on the cross? And then by the end of 22, he, he comes back around to the greatness of God. He does this in Psalm 77. But I, in these first nine verses, I hear him going, hey, I think and I remember and I'm calling on God. This is the great God that I serve. I think back to the great things that he's done for me. And then you kind of get into like verses 7, 8, and 9. And it's like, I know who God is, but I'm wondering right now, where is he? What's he doing? I feel helpless. I feel hopeless. God, do you not hear me right now? Are you holding your compassion from me? And I point that out to say this. When you get that way in your own walk, when you get that way in your own life, when you feel helpless and hopeless, maybe take a little bit of comfort in the fact that the man after God's own heart had those same moments. Part of it is our human nature. The question is, how does our spiritual nature kick in and help us overcome that feeling and help us get to the place where David always gets back to of, hey, I believe and I trust in God and I see God and I know God is there. As you let all of that set in, let's think about what we see in Jesus, though. And this is what we see in Jesus. Look, Jesus looks for us when we feel helpless and hopeless. Isn't that a great idea? That Jesus looks for us when we feel helpless and hopeless. What I see in David is David is looking for God. David's going, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And what he always comes back to and what we see in our story is that no matter how helpless and hopeless we feel, guess what Jesus is doing? Jesus is looking for us. Jesus has not left us. Jesus has not abandoned us. And if you were in a place this morning where you feel helpless and you feel hopeless and you feel overwhelmed by your challenges, remember this. Yes, that Jesus leaves the flock and comes after you when you can't find him. When you stumble, when you struggle, when you feel alone, Jesus says, I'm coming to find you. 
and I'm going to be right there with you. Now, again, I, I don't know how this particular scene plays out, but this is how Matthew sees it in his head, okay? Jesus is walking through this crowd of people, and he looks at this man. He walks by him. He, he, he knows the situation. He looks by and goes, hey, do you want to be healed? And what does he say? I'm trying to get in this water. I can't get up. Every time I get up, somebody gets there and this and that. And my visual is he asks this first general question. And how does Jesus, Jesus doesn't ask anything else. Jesus, it says, then Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. I visualize Jesus squatting down here. I visualize Jesus squatting down here and getting personal. And saying, focus on me. Don't focus on what you think will fix it. Don't focus on the challenge. Don't focus on the struggle. Don't focus on the helpless. Don't focus on the hopeless. Focus on me. Because when we focus on Jesus, Jesus heals. Jesus calms. Jesus restores. Jesus brings us strength. He brings us courage. But that only happens when we what? Focus on Jesus. But remember, Jesus comes and he says, I'm, I'm here. I'm here looking for you. And he looks at this guy and, and he says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And I love verse 9 because if you've not walked in all these years, if you've just been laying there and you can't do anything, and when someone, someone just walks by and goes, hey, get up, what do you think his first response has been for 30-something years? Ha ha, good joke. You know, you think that maybe, he, you think maybe he's seen other people maybe get better and he, and he feels kind of, you know, he feels, um, he feels left out. I know he feels left out because of where he is. Think of what he's missed in 38 years. He's missed his family. He's missed his friends. He's missing the party that's going on in Jerusalem at the moment. You know, when we feel helpless and we feel hopeless, we feel like we're missing out on all the positive things that are going on around us. We let that become the biggest focal point. But Jesus says, I've come here to help you. I've come here to heal you. Focus on me, and if you focus on me, I'm going to help you overcome this, and you're going to be able to enjoy all these other things that are going on around. And what does it say? It says, he thought about it, no. It says, in a few minutes, no. It says, at once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. He picked up his mat and walked. I don't know what it feels like to not be able to get up, okay? I don't know what it feels like to not be able to get up. I do know what it feels like after I've sat in the car driving all the way to Disney World and I get out and take those first three or four steps after sitting in the car for 10 hours. I'm not old, but I am older than I used to be. I know that feeling of getting stiffer than I used to be and, and having to kind of take a few steps to get it all kind of straightened out. And for those of you that are older than me, you know that, that even more than I do. Think about this guy. He's just been laying, he's just been sick for 30-something years. And what does he do? He, do, he doesn't get up. He doesn't stumble. He doesn't wobble. He doesn't have, oh, and everything pop and crack. He's cured. He's healed. 
and he just gets up and he walks. Jesus healed him from the inside out. But you know, the next step of this, and I didn't put it, I didn't put it on the screen, but if you fast forward into the story in verse 14, this guy just gets up and leaves. There's no like further kind of conversation with Jesus. It doesn't seem like there's, there's other people that have conversation with Jesus. Jesus runs into this guy later in, in, in the city during this festival. And um, it says, later Jesus found him at the temple and said, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Jesus healed him from the inside out. But that healing, I feel like, only truly came to its fullness with the last statement. He, he healed the physical. But more than the physical, Jesus wants to heal our what? Our soul and our spirit. And when he runs back into this guy later, he looks at him and says, hey, change your life. I've healed you from the inside out. Now I've given you an opportunity to make sure that you use that in the best way possible. You, you've, you, you, you've not been able to. Now you can. I've taken the challenge away. I've taken the struggle away. Focus on me and live in me. Quit sinning and live the life that you need to live. Otherwise, he would have just thrown away the great gift that God gave him in this story. So remember that Jesus wants to heal you from the inside out and heal your problems and your helplessness and your hopelessness from the inside out. I don't know what your struggles are this morning. I don't know what challenges you walked. Some of you I do. Some of you I don't. What challenges you walked in with this morning. But I know we all walked in with them. And I know that we all have to carry a lot of them out when we leave. But my encouragement to you today is as you carry those challenges, a couple of things. Number one, let's make sure we're carrying each other's burdens. Don't let people walk out of here carrying their burdens alone. Secondly, and maybe most importantly, stay focused on Jesus. Don't let that challenge consume you. Don't let it become the only thing in your world. Because Jesus is bigger than our challenges. Jesus is bigger than our struggles. And he's going to help us move through them and get to the other side of them in the most perfect way if we allow him to do that work. I'm going to put Brian on the spot. Brian, will you come lead us in a prayer as we kind of close out this thought and then we'll have a, an invitation. you bow with me please almighty god as we're assembled here today we humbly approach your throne and we come thanking you for the opportunity that we have had to be here and to to study your will we pray that each of us would would know that you're always there for us that when we are are troubled both spiritually spiritually and physically we can look to you we can pray to you it's your desire that we would, would come to you and talk to you and share our struggles with you, but also share 
the mountaintops, the times when our life's going well, and thank you for those times. We pray your richest blessings upon each member of this congregation. We pray that you would touch those that are suffering, comfort the families of those that are going through different things physically, spiritually, and mentally. Pray that we would always strive to comfort those around us and share your word with those we come in contact with daily. Forgive us when we fail you in Christ's name. Amen. The end of the story is with what? Go and sin no more. Make sure the, the, the spiritual healing matches the physical healing. And even though we have, just, just like we have different struggles, we all come in with different temptations and different sins in our life. We're all, we're all in a different place spiritually this morning. Some of you may be struggling spiritually. You may not be living up to that standard in which God calls. And if not, do what he says. Focus on me and, and turn around and walk out of here in the most spiritual way possible today, with him as your focus. And maybe for some of you that starts with making him the focus for the very first time, of saying, I'm going to commit myself to you, I'm going to live my life in you, I'm going to obey your command of believing in you and being baptized, so I have me forgiven of my sins, so that I can receive the Holy Spirit, so that I have access to God within me all the time. Maybe you just need us to pray with you and to love you this morning. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Thank you again for joining us, and please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook. Lift us to the joy divine. Instagram. Mortals join the mighty chorus. And Twitter. Morning stars began. Father, love. Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember to love like Jesus. Man to man.